Matic. Becky, great ball in. Ellen White for Manchester City. Fancast. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. A couple of weeks break thanks to the internationals and we're refreshed and ready to go. This week we are joined by special guest Rahul Agawal, football writer, podcaster and analyst for Breaking the Lines. We look back on the Manchester derby and hopefully look ahead to this coming Sunday where City travel to Damson Park, home of Birmingham City, for their rearranged fixture in the WSL. We also got Champions League football and all the latest news coming out of the club. But first, following a 3-0 win over rivals Manchester United at the Academy Stadium, hear from head coach Gareth Taylor and Casey Stoney speaking at full time. Yeah, really satisfactory. I mean, it was a um, bitterly cold night for football, but, um, you know, some of the play was was excellent. And, you know, the three points obviously are really important for us at this stage of the season, uh, going into the international break. And, yeah, I thought we were really determined. We, I thought we uh, we managed the game well in, in difficult moments and, you know, scored good goals. I think the third goal was was top class. You know, the quality from Caroline was was... We know she's got that in her and to score a goal on that type of stage, we've seen her do it previously at the Etihad. But um, yeah, that was uh, some goal. But fair play, I've just said to all of the girls, amazing attitude and, and endeavour. And, you know, it's been a big week for us. I, I think there's going to be more twists and turns. You know, we, we're just looking at our eight games, focusing on that. We get back after the international break. We've got a heavy period. We play Birmingham away uh, and then into the Champions League. So it's, um, it's full on. It's full on, but that's what we're here for. We we like a run of games where we're playing kind of Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. So we we look forward to that. We we lacked a little bit of quality in our build-up play. I thought after we scored the second goal, then we started to really open up because United obviously came out, we're chasing the game a bit, and we started to find the spaces and use them quite well. Um, I thought the quality in the first half, you know, I think in moments you could really see that the WSL is is moving on in terms of levels and. You know, you, you've seen some really good players, both teams really going at it, going for it. And um, yeah, just just really pleased that we've come out tonight and uh, and put on a performance that's got us the three points. And sometimes in a derby, it's difficult to play your free-flowing football all the time. Like, again, I thought there were elements tonight, but I thought um, in terms of the ugly side of the game, which people talk about, I thought the, the girls did that really well. The only thing I'd probably say is maybe new manager, some new players, new ideas. That's kind of like the easy way to look at it. But when you see someone like Chelsea, you've gone so many games unbeaten and, and then for that to happen to them last weekend, you know, what's the kind of reasoning for that? I just think this is football. This is why we love it. Sometimes you can dominate and play so well. You can have 30 shots at goal and end up losing a game. This is why football is such an amazing game. And luckily at the moment, we're scoring a hell of a lot of goals. Um, you know, we're the top scorers in the league which I think that's something to be really proud of um, because that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to play exciting football. 
And, you know, in, like I say, in, in most of the time, we're, we're managing to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice position to be in. Um, that doesn't make it any easier. We know that's going to be hugely difficult. I think you've seen with uh, some of the results this season already and more recently that, you know, if you don't turn up and you're not really at it, and sometimes when you do play decent football but don't score goals, um, you're always leaving yourself vulnerable to that potential happening. And, you know, I don't think anyone could have really foreseen those results we saw last weekend. Um, but again, we've just tried to keep the focus on us. It's actually been nice to see, and it's a, it's a bit of a additional support. But at the end of the day, we just need to take care of what we do, take as many points as we can. Um, hopefully some pleasing performances along the way. And um, yeah, I think one of the main things is, I think the goals we're scoring at the moment, to be top scorers in the league, I think in a league where we're seeing a lot of really good attacking play from a number of teams. It really makes me proud of that, that we're really playing fast, entertaining football and scoring goals. Well, to be honest, I, I've challenged Caroline. You know, I said to her, you only score. I only see you scoring kind of 25, 30 yarders. Um, so we know you can do that, but I want to see you scoring the tap-ins. And, you know, I think she has in the turn of the year. We've seen her score here. I think it was against West Ham from inside the six-yard box. Um, but tonight she showed that bit of quality from, you know, just inside the box. And it was brilliant execution, you know, to try it first off, but the way she executed it. And the goalkeeper wasn't that far off the line. So the margins weren't great, um, but it's a wonderful goal, you know, to light up uh, a really good derby for us. Unfortunately, and I've been like this because I'm a fan of the game as well, that sometimes we can kind of judge a bit too soon and, we don't probably give people time. And, and I think that's all that's happened really is we've had more time with each other, more time to kind of develop our ideas, um, more time to get to know each other. And I think over the kind of test of time that it's proof that if you give people time, you usually start to see good things. And thankfully for, uh, for us now at the moment, we're seeing good things, but we also know that you're never far away from you know, a potential negative. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of what people say. I'm talking more around like a negative result. And it's how you handle those moments. So I think it's seeing the bigger picture for us and making sure that we we stick to the process and keep keep working in the way we are doing. Once, you know, kind of I effectively got my feet under the table and, you know, don't forget as well. I mean, I think in joining as the way I did would be difficult enough and then on top of that you've got a pandemic you know I'm, I'm in a position where I'm not taking a job in kind of normal circumstances so it's very very difficult to I mean when I when, when I started the job the players were then put on like a two-week holiday for, because weren't sure the WSL season from last year was going to finish and that was difficult you know the first thing you want to do when you come in is start to engage with the players and obviously with the distancing and everything else, it made it super difficult. Um, but again, you know, you always say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and we got through it. And we, you know, I have to say the girls have been amazing the way they've applied themselves and worked so hard. Um, but we've got a lot of work to do. We're not, we're not ourselves on the back yet. We've got a lot of work to do. We, we obviously break up now and we come back and we've got some big games, um, but the games we're looking forward to, you know, we, we certainly rate Caroline. She's a top, top player. Um, she's got top ability and um, hopefully now with this kind of way that we're playing, we're, we're giving her even more of a platform to, to showcase her talents, you know, and we, we, we were saying that last week after Arsenal about Ellen White and Chloe Kelly and, and Hempo, 
but all of the players are really, really working hard. All of the players are really kind of buying into the team culture that we're looking to achieve. And, you know, everyone's doing their bit. And Caroline is someone that, you know, I challenge to, to score the tap-ins, if I'm honest. Um, but we know that she's got that bit of quality to do what she did tonight. I, I did say before these two games that, yeah, they're, they're going to go a big way to, to deciding what's going to happen. But there's still a lot of football to come. And I think if we hadn't, if we'd have got a negative result tonight, I think still with the game in hand we had against United, I probably would have been still talking in positive tones that we'd still have a, a slim chance. But, um, yeah, I, I still think there's more twists and turns. We need to be cautious that we're concentrating on what we do, keep taking it game by game, and, and that's it. You know, we have we had good options, obviously, on the bench with Janine, Esme, Laura Coombs, Jess Park, Rose Lavelle. Um, but we felt that the, the team has been doing well. They deserve to, to play in this big game. Uh, and sometimes that happens. But we're under no illusions that when we come back after the international break, when we do play Sunday, midweek, Sunday, midweek, Sunday, that there's probably going to be some changes like we had to do before Christmas. And, and it's just everybody making sure that... Yeah, it's, it's, it's important, isn't it, to come here and look through the scenes and see preventable goals, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and not create as much as we wanted to. So in terms of our levels, I think we can be a lot better. We need to learn very quickly that if you don't get the basics right at this level, you're going to get punished. Uh, I think we turn the ball over far too easy at times. We play in the wrong areas, make the wrong decisions on the ball. So we've got lots of learning. We can play forward enough. We get playing back to the goalkeeper. We get playing sideways and backwards. We can actually play to areas we needed to. So. We allow them to keep getting higher up pitch, keep putting the pressure on. Um, and then when we did, we didn't turn it over too quickly. I'll be really honest with you. We never set our aspirations for a title race in the first place. It's about our Champions League. That is still very much in our hands. We need to improve, we need to learn. Obviously, we need to try and pick up maximum points from here on in. For me, it's about basics. It's about, especially when you're defending set pieces, you've got to have more design in your box so you have to go after the ball you have to defend the second phase we get the first contact you don't get anywhere near the second phase they do very similar to the goal we conceded in the first half at home in terms of that second phase and that that for me is the bit that I can't accept as a coach is they've had more desire in our box and that that's not inexcusable and that's something we need to improve very quickly because if we make ourselves a target from set pieces it's going to cause us a problem yeah, I'd have to speak to the, the defenders about that, to be honest. I think we're in a very different situation, aren't we, in terms of always being the underdogs, always being the ones that aren't expected to win, then all of a sudden the pressure's on you to perform. Um, and I thought, actually, we caused our own problems playing out from the back with our decision-making, which caused us problems. We didn't play forward enough. And then defensively, you know, it's it's difficult because, you know, I'm a centre-half, so I pride ourselves on keeping clean sheets, pride ourselves on not conceding goals, but we've done that. We've conceded five and two, and that's not, that's not a, if you're going to win a title, you can't do that. Yeah, and I think in terms of Champions League qualification, it's still in our hands, and that has been our target and our aspirations, but we have to improve, we have to do the basics better. Um, and... I don't think I can ever fault my team for lack of work ethic, you know, and I think out of possession, we were really organised for main parts of today, but 
they've got in our box a few times and they've ended up scoring three goals. We get in their box a few times and we don't score, you know, and they're the fine margins at this level that, you know, that really make a difference. I hope not, because my main message was, um, um, like, derbies aren't a thing for me, uh, because I think you end up playing in the emotion rather than the game itself. And my message was that to them was, like, go out and play and have fun and try and just make sure that when we've got the ball, we enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's new. It's very new to a lot of my players in terms of that pressure. But we've got to grow quickly. If you're at this football club, this is where we're going. This is the direction we're going in. So, you know, if players can't cope with it, then it's a problem for me. This international break, those that aren't going away will get three days off, which I think is vital right now in terms of mental refresh because they don't often get that time. Those that are going away on international get a different environment, which is still a mental refresh. Um, so yeah, I think it's come at a good time. And then those that are staying, you know, after that break, we're going to be working hard. We need to improve, you know, we need to improve our basics. We need to improve the fact that, you know, our decision-making on the ball, our technical execution, when we get in really positive areas, that final ball, that final decision, it just, or a final touch, it let us down. There's no crowds. It shouldn't matter whether you're home or away, to be honest, it shouldn't have an impact at all. Um, I'm hoping by Arsenal I'll have a fitter squad. So I'll have more players in terms of selection. Alessia Russo will be back, which is, you know, much needed goal impetus. Uh, hopefully Lauren James will be back by then. Lucy Staniforth could be back by then. So it gives me greater options to so much for joining me on this week's episode how are you hope you're keeping well yeah i'm great um thank you for asking um i hope you're doing really well too uh and I'm, I've, I've been really looking forward to this episode and i'm really really excited to be here today yeah i mean you jumped in my dms a few months ago and asked if you could come on the podcast so it's great that we finally got round to it uh, i really appreciate your time today and um, for those that might not know you though would you just like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm 19 years old um, and I study at Ashoka University, which is in Haryana, India. Um, I'm an economics and finance major, but I think that's just one part of it. Sports has always been my passion. Um, there's a, I'm, I'm a really avid follower of you know different sports, whether it's cricket, tennis, badminton, uh, or swimming or anything. But for me, I think... Football has always had a special place in my heart. You know, the, at any point in time, you're either going to see me watching watching football or playing football or talking about football as I am doing right now. Yeah. Uh, and and that's just me, right? Uh, so so yeah. Once again, really excited to be here. And you're a, a bit of a Man City fan, is that right? I'm a huge Man City fan. <laughs> I actually. Uh, I've, so I've, I recently, the WSL is a little bit newer to me because um, I got into it through one of my friends. Uh, and uh, for the men's team, I've been watching them for about eight, nine years now. That's how I got into football. 
but I, I love Man City, right? <laughs> so you're a football writer, podcaster, analyst for Breaking the Lines. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that as well? So uh, Breaking the Lines is uh, this website and they have really, really good articles related to uh, football analysis. Um, so again, I approached them once because I really liked the way the articles were written and I thought I could contribute uh, from my end. So I started writing for the women's football section. Um, I've written a couple of articles uh, on uh, players, a couple of articles on teams as well. And, you know, I keep trying to improvise on them. Um, and yeah, I, I love writing for them. And I, I, I try producing uh, different kinds of pieces uh, as and when I can. So that's how it works. You guys can check it out. Uh, and and if any of you want the article, you can you can just DM me on Twitter. Plenty to talk about this week coming off the back of an international break. The first, though, perhaps came as a bit of a surprise as earlier in the week, it was announced that Karen Barsley had joined NWSL side OL Reign on loan until the end of June. Um, KB has been with the club since November 2013, making over... 100 appearances in all competitions to date and helping City secure seven major trophies and playing a vital part in that. Uh, OL Reign are due to restart their campaign with the NWSL Challenge Cup on the 9th of April, ahead of the league uh, starting around the 15th of May. Speaking about Barsley's long move, head coach Gareth Taylor said, we are very supportive of Karen's decision to take up this opportunity over in the States for the next few months. We understand her desire after the past year or so to get more game time under her belt and this move is an ideal move for her. Uh, what are your thoughts on the move and, and did it come as a bit of, surpri- of a surprise to you? Yeah, it did. Uh, it was actually really surprising uh, to, to you know hear about uh, Karen Barsley's decision to go or to OL Reign. And I think, uh, especially because you just said that, you know, City, she's she's had over 100 appearances for the club and she's helped us secure about seven major trophies. So the stats speak for themselves, right? Um, and for me, for, for Karen Barsley to leave on loan was kind of a, a surprising decision because um, I, I think besides Ellie Roebuck, uh, you know, we, we have one more keeper in Karima Taib. Um, uh, but, you know, the, with Karen Bardsley, I think a lot of the times it's it's the experience that shows, right? When when you play that much football for one single club, um, you know, you become this major presence in the dressing room um, and you can help out the youngsters and even uh, your teammates all the time because you've had so much experience with the game. So I think that is something City will miss for, for the rest of the season, given that she has gone to World Reign now. Uh, but yeah, a little bit, little bit sad that she left. Uh, but I hope we can have her back soon, uh, and and you know get going again. Yeah, I mean she is set to return to the club, and like you said, Karen Barsley, you know she's she's took Ellie Roebuck under her wing more or less, and you know that progression <laughs> and that growth that we've seen for Ellie Roebuck, and that's really coming to fruition as well for the club. You know Ellie's been playing fantastic, and she's certainly got a lot of you know some of that skill set from from Karen Barsley as well. I mean how imperative has that that role that Karen Barsley's played been with the, with the club? That's really the beauty of it, right? Um, the fact that even though uh, Karen Bazi didn't play as much. The fact that she's got Ellie Roebuck playing such amazing football um, just goes to show how how much having such a veteran um, helps your team. And it's the same thing with Jill Scott as well, right? Uh, she she left for Everton uh, again on loan. But uh, when you have those experienced players in the side, it really helps uh, gather a little bit of confidence, a little bit of uh, you know you you a little bit of chemistry in the side. 
and uh, like you said she took Kelly Roebuck under her wing and she's been playing some really good football recently so yeah i think we will miss her uh, miss Karen Barkley a lot yeah i mean and like you said similar to that of Jill Scott to Everton it feels as though both decisions have been made on the guarantee of more game time and given the depth of the squad and the competition for places it's kind of a move that is sort of warranted, if you like. Uh, but it's great mm-hmm. to see that both players have had the support of the club and and both really still have that continued desire to play as well. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think it's great that they get a little bit more game time. Uh, Jill Scott and Everton and Dan Bardsley um, in Oval Rain, obviously. You know, the more they play, the more football they play, I think it's better for City as a team as well. Once they're back, I think uh, they'll be... Uh, they'll be, uh, you know, they they will have played a lot of football, so I think that'll help the team out a lot. And I think there's one more thing uh, there: the fact that they are going to different teams would also, I think, bring a different sort of dimension uh, into Manchester City because they'll have played a different kind of football, they'll have played in a different area. So, so I think that that might help the team a little bit more when once they're back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen that, haven't we, with, you know, the likes of, you know, Rosa Val, Sam Mewis and Dal Kemper coming into the squad as well. You know, how how playing at City and, and playing in the WSL League has elevated their game as well. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, I think uh, one more player would be Lucy Bronze because uh, she used to play for us then she left for Lyon and now she's back here. Uh, and that too, you know, uh, I think when she signed, we were all very happy because uh, because with Lyon, she's won so many trophies. And uh, you want that sort of that sort of a person, sorry, in your team who has that champion mentality uh, to to bring to a team like us. And it's great, right? Well, I think uh, with Karen Bardsley and Jill Scott, it's going to be a similar thing. Uh, and I think that's great for the club as a whole. And we'd definitely like to wish Karen all the best at Seattle. Um, we also learned of our opposition in the last 16 of the Champions League. And the good news is it's not Atletico Madrid. <laughs> 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 uh, instead, we host uh, Florentina, a Serie A side. We'll travel to Manchester for the first leg to be played at the Academy Stadium next Wednesday, 3rd of March. Kickoff is 5pm. And the second leg will then be played at Florence on the Thursday, the 11th of March. And that will be an earlier kickoff of 130. A strong opposition for City, Florentina a top four side in Serie A. Um, never faced each other in a professional competition before. However, the tie will see Dutch midfielder Tessel Dag uh, face her firmer club, which is great for fans to welcome her back to the club as well and at the Academy Stadium. Would you back City to progress in the competition at this stage? I would, yes. Um, I think uh, in, you know, our recent performances have shown that that we've we've gathered a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum uh, going into this Champions League game. I know that we faced Birmingham before this game, which will also be very important. But I would back City to qualify in this game. I think a lot of our players have, have really been in form. The likes of Lauren Hemp, uh, Chloe Kelly, Caroline Weir, uh, and even, you know, I think Abby Dahl-Kemper, she's, she's slotted straight into the team. And uh, she's, you know, Steph Orton obviously uh, has... has uh, the, the both of them form a very solid centre back partnership, um, so that's that's great to see. Uh, and although we haven't played Fiorentina uh, uh, in you know ever, I think this is the first time we're playing them in the Champions League. Um, it, it's going to be a very interesting game, but but I think I would back City to make it through. Uh, I'm not sure if we can end the tie in the first leg itself because we are at home, and I think uh, home advantage is really crucial in these games. Uh, but I think over the two legs, we we should have more than enough 
uh, to get past Fiorentina. I mean, if Sissi were to overcome Florentina in the last 16, we reached the quarterfinals for the first time since 2018. How important will it be for Gareth Taylor to ensure that his side gets off to a strong start in the first leg on Wednesday? Um, I think for for once, it's always important to start a game well because, you know, if, if you start the game slow, you give the other team a chance to to make an impact already. Uh, something similar happened against Gothenburg as well. I think they scored a very early goal, uh, but we showed a lot of character in that game to, to come back and then we blew them away in the second leg. So I think it's it's always very crucial to start well. I think the first 10 or 15 minutes of a game really go a long way in deciding how the game is going to go. Um, so uh, for us, I think it'll be a it'll be a huge confidence boost if we can start the game well. Um, and yeah, I mean, making it to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2018 would be great. And hopefully, we can move uh, you know further forward after that. Uh, I, I I kind of see we're gonna face tougher teams, right? In the Sorry, in the quarterfinal and the semi-final. And uh, for me personally, I wouldn't like to face someone like Chelsea or Lyon that early because it kind of, you know, but I back my team. I know we can make uh, we can make it through any team at this moment in time. And yeah, I, I think I'm really excited for this Champions League game. Yeah, I think, like you said, it, it, it doesn't matter who we're going to come up against. If we're going to go on and win it, you know, you've got to beat these quality oppositions. And I think everybody in this tournament is showing their worth. I mean, Florentina, they'll be looking themselves to make the quarterfinals for the first time in their history. So, you know, there's a lot on them to go out as well and have success in this tournament. It's getting pretty exciting. It's great to have the Champions League back. And, and as the fixtures, again, the schedule gets tight, um, you know, it was possible that we'll see more rotation throughout the squad as well. So, yep. yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think um, it's great to play an opposition like Florentina because it's, you know, one, again, that we've not faced before. So really looking forward to that. And, you know, obviously with it being on Wednesday, it's not too fast away either. <laughs> and the fact that both legs are in the space of one week, I think that that helps a lot in, uh, you know, discussing how the team should play in both legs. And obviously, the first leg result will be very important uh, because, uh, see, for me, I always prefer uh, having the second leg at home because, I don't know, it just sort of gives you uh, an advantage. But I think if you can do well in the first leg, uh, the second leg uh, shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, and, and we should be able to make it past Fiorentina. On Sunday, City will travel mm-hmm. to Dampton Park for the home of uh, Birmingham City on Sunday, and we'll be looking to build on from the momentum gained in the lead-up to the international break. Um, how impressed have you been with City and their recent form so far? And what are your expectations heading into Sunday's game, if it goes ahead? <laughs> <laughs> I really I hope it does, because I think... Uh, personally, Birmingham have been very unlucky because I think a lot of their games have been postponed. Uh, they are still ninth on the table, but everyone who is around them has played, what, two, three games more than them. So, I hope this game goes through. Now, answering the question about City and their recent form, I think I've been very impressed. Uh, honestly, because we we kind of started the season a little bit sluggishly. It was kind of a slow start. We were dropping points against, like, Brighton and, and you know, West Ham. And if you if you don't play those games well, if you don't get you know get all three points in those games, it really becomes difficult as you go deeper into the season. Um, but recently, I think we've been exceptional. Uh, we scored a lot. We've been scoring a lot of goals, and I think the the performance against Manchester United really summed up where City are at the moment. 
the fact that uh, Lucy Brown scored, I think Lauren Hemp as well scored a great goal. But uh, I've just been I've been watching Caroline Weir's goal every single day. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone else. <laughs> because it How was that good. Uh, I remember I was watching that game and the moment she the moment she hit it, I I I just had this feeling that it, it was going to go in, and the way it did, I, I was just on my feet instantly. Uh, looking at her, and and it's great, right? Uh, the, that everyone else. I, I think the England team also played really well recently in that game against Northern Ireland. So a lot of the a, a lot of our players were involved in that game, and I think they'll be really happy, really confident coming into this one. Uh, this is a game we should be winning. So I hope uh, that that we can get all three points from this game because the way Chelsea have been playing, it's really really crucial for us to win all our games from here. And especially the big one against Chelsea in April, I think that could potentially be a title decider. So I think these are the games where you can't draw points in, and uh, I, I would expect us to pick up all three points uh, against Birmingham. Yeah, are you are you happy that we've managed to pick up the momentum at this point in the season, given how the rest of the table looks at the moment? You know, it, it is becoming really competitive, and you know, City are in a in a position now where they're able to keep the pressure on the top of the table with the teams that are around them. Yeah, uh, I think it's really great that we've picked up this momentum. I think it's the perfect time to be in such form because I think earlier in the year, um, or oh, sorry, earlier last year, I think in November or December, it almost looked like Man United were going to run away with it uh, at some point. But Chelsea, uh, like I said, they, they did really well and now they're top of the league. Uh, and City as well, we started picking up our momentum. We, we started winning our games and convincingly too. Uh, and I think that has led to us now being second in the table. I think that should really be the minimum target for us to at least qualify for the Champions League next year. Uh, I think we should be able to do that comfortably. But just that one more stride, you know, to to get over Chelsea, to to beat them. Because I think last year also we got very unlucky. They won the league on points per game, although we were top. And uh, I, I hope that this time we can, we, we can overcome Chelsea. Uh, that game in April will be very, very, very important. I, I can't stress enough. Uh, you know how how important that game will be, but I think uh, in the game that we lost four two against Chelsea, right at the Academy Stadium in the Conti Cup, I don't think we played badly. Uh, uh, and you know, considering a team like Chelsea, who who have been great and who have been so consistent, uh, I I didn't I not once did I think that we would lose that game or or that we weren't as as good as them, right? Which gave me confidence uh, on on you know for the next game, thinking that okay, once we are up against Chelsea again at the Academy. Uh, I I would back us to win that game, and and you know even if we don't win, put in a fight and and show everyone that that we have the will and the grit. And I think City are a team that do do that. Previous encounters against Chelsea, I mean, like you said, I think with the Conti Cup, we were coming off you know the winter break. There was obviously mitigating factors, and mm-hmm. obviously the return to the game and postponements as well. So that was our first real game back and it was a, a big test as well to to head into that game and the conditions on that night weren't very good um it was bitterly cold and you know it was a big ass of the team to you know to give 120 minutes every player you know not just City yeah. but Chelsea as well to to give they're all in that game and I think I think we can all agree that the best team went on and got the result but 
yeah, I, I definitely think there were a lot of positives to take away from that game and certainly we'll use that in, you know, in April. But it seems like there's so much time between then and now, you know, <laughs> at the moment. We've got a lot yeah. of games to play. Obviously, we've got to start thinking about the Champions League. We've got to sort of play it on a game-by-game basis. But like you said, every game is a must-win from here on in if we really want to be in contention. And, you know, we, we, must, be, we must ensure that we put in good performances in every game we play from here. I think, uh, as you mentioned very rightly earlier in the podcast, rotation will be key. Uh, you know, I think it's really important that Garrett Taylor gets a selection right. Uh, I know there's a lot of players who are very young and, and can play every three or four days. But, uh, you know, to, to keep the likes of, the, the likes of Caroline Weir and, and Sam Mewis, who I think should be, very, should be back soon from injury, uh, I think uh, once we have our whole team back, it'll be uh, a really, really good way uh, forward. And I think we can rotate and and put in good performances in every game we play from here. Yeah. I mean, City could be without Kira Walsh, um, who's played a pivotal role in the season so far for City. Uh, Walsh will be assessed by the medical team, having picked up a slight thigh injury during training with the Lionesses earlier in the week. Hopefully we'll learn more about the extent on Friday and whether or not she'll be involved with the squad. But with the likes of Stokes, Bonham, Mewis, Campbell still potentially unavailable for selection, how much of a loss could she be for City? Oh, it's it's really huge. I, I hope it's not very serious because, uh, you know, when, when Kira Walsh isn't playing, it's almost like you've picked out the biggest piece of the puzzle and, you know, you've, you've taken it out, analyzed how Kira Walsh fits in the system and how, you know, with her young age, she's very explosive. She, she, can, she puts in very hard work throughout the 90 minutes, uh, keeps running around the pitch, makes all these tackles uh, that are so crucial. Uh, you know, especially when the other team is attacking, it's really important for us to stop those attacks. And and the one person who keeps stopping those attacks is Kira Walsh, right? So, uh, I think for me personally, losing Kira Walsh is is very huge because firstly, I don't think there's any other player like her in the team, right? Someone who can do those defensive duties, but is also a very good passer of the ball. Um, and I think her not being there for this Birmingham game, I think we should be able to get through it. But the faster we get her back, I think. Yeah. It'll be good for the team. And who knows, maybe we see a Rose Lavelle uh, performance on Sunday. Maybe we see Caroline Weir shift into a deeper role or or Taylor could play Laura Coombs maybe in that position. I think Laura Coombs comes closest to Kira Walsh that way. Yeah, I mean, we're not stuck for options, but like you said, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, managing that rotation can be a little bit of a headache. And, and you know, when we're looking for obviously a win here, you know, three big points in, in keeping that momentum and, and carrying that forward into the rest of the season, at least we're not Arsenal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, at, least we've got, at least we've got our options. Um Currently, like you said, Birmingham sits ninth in the table, having picked up some fairly good results on the new manager, Carla World, earlier in the season. However, it's been a difficult couple of months for Birmingham, really, and they've struggled to really pick up on any sort of momentum. Uh, they've been victim to many postponements, like you said. Uh, especially over uh, the last couple of months. Everyone will be hoping for Sunday's game to go ahead and the pitch to <laughs> <can> remain <laughs> no. water-logged-free. Uh, water um, I mean, who do you think will be the players to watch on Sunday? And uh, have you got a bit of a, a score prediction, maybe? Yeah, um, I think so. I think I was reading this somewhere. Um, we got Ellen White and Aoife Mannion from Birmingham City, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be a little bit of a special game for them to go back to to their previous team and uh, you know play against them 
for me, I think it, this this I think for us it should be a fairly routine victory, or at least I'm I'm hoping it is because we don't want to make it hard for ourselves uh, given that we have Champions League and other tough games coming soon. So uh, I think uh, Birmingham are a little bit of a tricky opposition. Uh, again, I did a piece on uh, the WSL defenders and uh, you know the likes of Harriet Scott and and Sarah Mailing. Uh, we're right up there in terms of uh, defensive actions and blocking and everything. So they're really good defenders. Uh, I think we should watch out for them. Um, Garrett Taylor would be looking to to maybe set up set the team up in a way that that we can exploit them a little bit uh, that way. And also to keep in mind that a lot of our players have come back from international duty. So um, maybe we'll see a little bit of rotation, or maybe we we'll see a strong team, the likes of Hempo, Kelly. Uh, we are and at the back Lucy Bronze, Alex Greenwood, uh, who's who's re- who's one of my favorite players. I, I really love watching her play. Um, so so I think uh, it should be fairly routine. I I I would say maybe uh, a two or a three nil game, in my opinion. Uh, it could turn out to be a little bit tougher. It could not. It could turn out to be a little bit easier. But uh, I think we'll only know on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's always hard to make a prediction, isn't it? I would I would go sort of similar. I think 2-0, 3-0 is a sort of scoreline mm. that we've seen in previous games against uh, Birmingham. Uh, but in all honesty, I'm just hoping it goes ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest worry. Um, we've previewed this game already this season and, uh, you know, we've spoke of Birmingham and, and how well they've been doing, you know, under Carla Ward. They seem to have really turned... Um, turn the season round for them and they've certainly got a better mindset and, and Carla Ward has certainly really made a positive impact at the club. Yep, and I think she's doing a great job because um, as long as Birmingham can finish somewhere in those mid-table positions, uh, I think it'll be a great achievement for them uh, given how they started the season. Uh, for me, I don't think, I don't see Birmingham getting relegated now. Uh, it's, it's, I think, they've managed to, to get enough points on the board and they've also played lesser games, right? So uh, if they can get something out of uh, their other games, the ones they have in hand, uh, I, I think they'll be good to go. But um, yeah, I, I hope they don't put, they don't pose us too many problems in this one. I hope we can let's, have a fair let's they turn up after Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd be more than happy if they turn up against say Chelsea or, or some someone like that. Yeah. Uh, the way Brighton did, but I hope Sunday can be a fairly easy game and and uh, you know. We can rest a few key players for the for that Champions League game in midweek. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I I don't see Birmingham being that much of a threat. But you never know with football. You never know. That's it. The beautiful game. The beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Rahul, for joining me on this week's show. It's really been great chatting to you. Um, do you just want to give a bit of a mention to your social media so that um people can find you? Yeah. Um. Again, firstly, thank you for having me on. It's it's been a pleasure being on the show. Uh, and and I hope I can be here very soon again. Uh, in terms of socials, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter handle, uh. I don't think I can really mention it because it's a little bit weird. But uh, uh, you know, when when I'm up post the episode, I think uh, you know, feel free to check check out my channel, my uh, handle, and you can always DM me there. Uh, I've also very recently started my own podcast, which is called Back to the Drawing Board. Uh, it's it's very new right now, uh, and it's one that will focus more on uh, football analysis. Uh, rather than you know, I think I'll leave uh, the review and the previews to MR show because <laughs> I, 
I'm going to come along eventually and do a better job. We know this. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, something like that. And, uh, you know, it's open to everyone. So if, if any of you would like to come on to that, just let me know on Twitter, on Instagram. My handles will be there when the episode is out. Yeah. And, and I hope you enjoy this, this one. Yeah, we'll definitely put a link in the pod uh, of the podcast in the description for you and uh, make a note of all the handles of where people can find you. Don't worry. So thank you again, Rahul. I've really enjoyed speaking to you and hopefully we can chat again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Rahul for joining us on this week's show. Fantastic insight. And make sure you check out Back to the Drawing Board. We'll provide the link in the podcast description. Don't forget Sunday's game will be available to watch live via the FA player and kickoff is 2pm. We'll be back next Friday. Stay safe, everyone.